Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, I'm Karen Moscow, along with Tom Keene and Michael McKee, and the opening bell is brought to you by SEI. In the future, the asset management business will be profoundly different. Find out how SEI's global operating platform can help you navigate the new operational frontier at SEIC.com slash imagine. Stocks are higher at the open. The S&P 500 up half percent or 10 points to 1905. Dow Jones Industrial Average up four tenths percent or 70 points to 16,268. And the Nasdaq's up eight tenths percent or 35 points to 44.70. Ten-year Treasury down 11.30 seconds. The yield 1.81 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.75 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 1.6 percent or 47 cents to 29.51 a barrel. COMEX gold is little changed at 12.07.90 an ounce. The euro is at a dollar 11.18. The yen 114.26. Tom and Mike. Uh, Karen, uh, thanks so much. The Dow up 90 points, as Karen mentions. Green on the screen, the VIX. No, there's a first print in the VIX. 23.40. I'd also point out sterling with a Brexit uh, weight, 142.42 is a weaker uh, cable uh, this morning. Never weaker is David Wilson with a look at the equity uh, markets this morning. David, what do you see in the land of equities? Well, we might as well start with Kinder Morgan. I mean, the shares are up yeah. 11.5% in early trading. <laughs> the pipeline owner was added to the holdings of Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway during the fourth quarter. Berkshire ended the quarter with 26.6 million shares, where a 1.2% stake. You've also got Freeport McMoran up about 5.5%. Billionaire investor Carl Icahn disclosed that he raised his stake in the mining and energy company last quarter. Icahn now has a 9% holding, making him Freeport's largest shareholder. Now, on the earnings front, you've got Priceline Group up 10.5%. The largest U.S. online travel agency reported fourth quarter earnings that beat its forecast, as well as analyst average estimate in the Bloomberg survey. Revenue also exceeded projections. T-Mobile U.S. up about 4%. The wireless company's fourth quarter earnings and sales surpassed estimates. T-Mobile said it expects to add as many as 3.4 million new subscribers this year. On the other hand, Cerner, a uh, healthcare software provider, down 8.5%. Uh, their fourth quarter order bookings came up short of estimates. Now, on the deal front, Staples up 3.2%. The largest U.S. office supply chain agreed to sell wholesale contracts to Ascendant for about mm-hmm. $22.5 million if its proposed takeover of rival Office Depot succeeds. Staples' move is designed to overcome regulatory objections to the deal. Then you've got Terex up about 5.5%. China's Zoom Line Heavy Industry said it received a letter of support from banks for a $3.3 billion takeover offer for the crane right. maker. Zoom Line seeking to scuttle Terex's proposed merger with Finland's two, Kona cranes. Two more, two more, two more equity, equity ideas. All right. How about, go to Gar- bonds. how about Garmin up 8.5%? Yes. The navigation device maker's fourth quarter revenue beat estimates. Uh, so did Garmin's sales forecast for this year. And Fossil Group up almost 19%. The watchmaker's uh, fourth quarter earnings mm-hmm. topped estimates with the help of new brands and a new website. Uh, David Wilson, thank you so much. Lisa Bramowitz with us now as we look at bonds. And uh, it was a $23 billion Tuesday. I mean, we're going to talk about Apple, and I get all that. But I, 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 there, it's terrible, high yield. We're all going to die. 
And then Toyota, IBM, Apple, they all show up and it's like, what do they do, make five phone calls? <laughs> well, first, let's put this into context, right? I mean, this is the busiest day in three weeks for investment-grade bond issue. And so for all intents and purposes, the market was pretty much closed for three weeks. Now, suddenly, companies are seeing an opening. Suddenly, the world doesn't seem like it's about to fall apart, and people are actually starting to sell bonds. I do find it compelling, Tom, to your point. Wasn't the world falling apart, but these guys can just sell whatever they want, can't they? Just and, and, but the, uh, stop. I want you to explain how they quote-unquote sell. They literally make five phone calls, right? <laughs> It's not an exaggeration. The banks do not have to work too hard to get this stuff off the books. Because realistically, think about how many investors out there internationally, let alone in the U.S., want some yield, want a sense of safety. And if you look at Apple, I mean, think about how much cash they have. Think about, you know, what a fortress balance sheet they seem to have. $70 billion of annual revenue. I mean, this is not exactly a, a fragile company. And yet... It is interesting that the junk universe has gotten so toxic to investors, and yet investment-grade companies are doing just fine. Do you assume dollar for dollar that every bond dollar coming in goes back out within the financial engineering to buy back shares, raise dividends. That would be awfully cynical. Would that be a cynical? Cynical Uh, as a C, so does Cupertino. (laughs) (laughs) The sort of mystic aspects of the bond market Tom is revealing. Um, I actually 100% agree with you. Because if you look at the companies that are raising cash through the debt markets right now, it's for general corporate purposes, which is another word for... We can do whatever we yeah. want, and you guys are just going to deal with it. John, should we do a weighted average cost of capital on Wednesday? Well, let's see. We have three listeners left. That would whittle <laughs> it down to one. Mike, just as a yeah. quick a quick view, weighted average cost, 10.9%. Equity debt cost, 1.3%. What do you need to know? <laughs> well, uh, as one trader put it this morning, it's it's really sad to see Apple issue debt like this when they have all that cash overseas. The fact that our tax code forces them to do that is insane. Well, and it's not just the tax code, right? I mean, yes, this is partly because they don't want to repatriate uh, cash that's stashed overseas, but this is also, to Tom's point, to buy back their shares, to basically pad the pockets of their stockholders. No, no, Mario Gabelli, take your head off for that. It's not a pad of pockets. It's a return on capital of profit. But is that an appropriate use? That's a debate. You know, it's, I'm not going to answer the debate, but Mr. Gabelli would push against those that think it's bordering on criminal. I don't think it's bordering on criminal. I do think that the idea of borrowing from bondholders in order to pay stockholders feels a little off because it doesn't necessarily well, lead to an improvement <clears throat> in the fundamental business prospect of a See company. how she does that? She's more subtle, Michael. She brings in her beautiful Bloomberg Gadfly article, which you can perceive. I'll put it out on social in a moment. Buried in the bottom of it is the tragedy known as Hewlett-Packard, where the certitude of tech bonds, Michael McKee, evaporated into a higher yield and a lower bond price. I was just looking at that portion of this marvelous... Uh, <laughs> sort of like the King James Bible. I, I, I'm sorry, seems... I haven't got the adjectives and adverbs <laughs> to keep up with Tom here. <laughs> the King James <laughs> Bible. You can find it in every hotel. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Bloomberg Gadfly. In every no, hotel. In every hopefully, hotel. Hopefully they've eradicated no, We're going to stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> is this... Uh, is, is Apple the the camel's nose under the tent, or is this just a, a function of timing that they happen to lead the parade into this larger uh, output of, of bonds? Well, 
You know, the question is, can smaller companies, can companies that actually need to borrow, that aren't just taking advantage of the fact that mm. yields are still pretty low, are they going to be able to come to market? And, and really, the answer is, it right. remains to be seen. Thank you, Lisa Bramowitz. And seriously, folks, Bloomberg Gadfly is a really valuable idea. You get 10, 12, 15 ideas a day. You're not going to read them all. You're going to pick a few and one of them to consider is, uh, two or three summaries on a huge, a ginormous bond day yesterday, uh, led by 12 gazillion dollars by Apple, uh, computer. They've got other challenges this morning. They're dealing with, uh, unlocking their phones as well. Michael Barr has talked about that. As well, we're up 131 points, 16,328. The VIX halfway back to average 23.49, certainly a complacency over the last three, four days. Yen, 114.27, weaker Japanese yen, really beginning to move away from the angst that we saw the last couple of days. Uh, pound sterling showing angst cable, dollar 42.57 weaker. That's a Brexit angle there. Uh, as well. West Texas Intermediate, 29.68, up 64 cents. And, uh, Brent Crude, 33.15, up a good 98 cents, widening the West Texas Brent spread this morning. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Mazda White Plains. Visit MazdaWhitePlains.com. Here's Michael Barr with the latest news headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Donald Trump says he agrees 100% with the courts that Apple should help the FBI and unlock an iPhone that belonged to one of the San Bernardino, California shooters. Trump on Fox and Friends says to think that Apple won't allow us to get into the cell phone, who do they think they are? Apple says if it develops such software, it will put millions of other iPhones at risk. Technology analyst Rob Enderley. It creates a catch-22 for them. That they, one, they specifically made it so this couldn't happen. And if they are able to force, force it to happen, then they open all the phones to the same kind of attack, at least by a government-level entity. Four U.S. F-22 stealth fighters have flown over South Korea today in a clear show of power against North Korea. Passengers on two planes at the Detroit Metropolitan Airport had a moment. An American Airlines plane clipped a Southwest Airlines plane on the tarmac this morning. A passenger aboard American Airlines Flight 1241 says they were getting in line to be de-iced when the incident occurred. There was debris on the ground, and I turned and looked at everybody because, of course, there's weird noises, and it's not a smooth ride at this point. And I just said, oh, my God, you guys, we are hitting this plane. I'm watching it. We're hitting it. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. Oh, Michael, thanks so much. Curve steepening this morning, the 210 spread, that indicator of, uh, well, some would say potential recession, going the other way with optimism. Stay with us. Only optimism. Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Fairleigh Dickinson University. Boost your career by getting CFP certified at FDU, named one of the great schools for financial planning. Classes begin February 23rd and 24th. Visit fdu.edu slash fp.